Hey guys, did you know that April 22nd is Earth Day? Yeah, that's next Friday. Earth Day. It's coming up. And you know the biggest concern out there is greenhouse gases. And as restaurants, what can we do? There's all that to-go material, these plastic cups. They say biodegradable, that they're compostable. But do you really compost them? Well, I tell you what, the compost company is exactly the company that does that. Here's what they do. They will supply you with your very own trash can. You put a compostable bag liner in there and then all of your food waste, all of your food waste and your compostables, your compostable to-go boxes, your compostable glasses, you can put them in there. They will come pick them up and you can do your part. It's actually uh, the biggest thing you can do to do your part. It reduces greenhouse gases and landfills and they turn your compost into soil that gardeners and farmers can use and it is 100% local. I know. We are going to have Jeffrey Ezel, who's the owner. He's going to be on the show April 22nd, Earth Day. And if you want to learn more about it before then, visit www.compostcompany.com or you can call Jeffrey at 615-866-8152. So we are super excited today to welcome in a brand new sponsor. Welcome Robin's Insurance Agency to Nashville Restaurant Radio. So I'm going to start off and tell you guys that we use Robin's Insurance Company at both of our restaurants, the Green Hills Grill and Maribel, because they specialize in restaurants. It's so important. I'm telling you, if you buy insurance, in anywhere that you buy insurance, it's so important that you're buying the right type of insurance. And, you know, I don't think people tell you that. They just sell insurance for what the cheapest is. But, you know, sometimes you're paying the cheapest for insurance you don't need. So that is why Robbins Insurance specializes in restaurants. They identify exactly the type of insurance that you're going to need to run your business so that you can sleep sound at night. And that's super duper important, y'all. So... I would like for you, if you're curious about this, you want to learn more, give Matthew Clements a call. His number is 863-409-9372, or you can shoot him an email at mclements, that's M-C-L-E-M-E-N-T-S, at robbinsins.com. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. My name is Brandon Still, and yeah, baby, it's a Monday. I hope you're as jacked up as I am. This is, this is, here we go. Springtime, festivals coming back, all kinds of cool stuff happening out there. Happy, happy Monday. Well, maybe I'm saying this because I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, and it's uh, 84 degrees today and sunny. Maybe that's my thing. I'm going to be here this week for the Restaurant Leadership Conference, which I'm pretty excited about. Going to be three days of hearing a bunch of people speak. Get to hear Bill Belichick speak on Wednesday, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, I don't care what you think about the guy. He's definitely somebody who's been winning at leadership. So I'm curious to see what uh, he has to say, as well as uh, hopefully we'll be bringing back all kinds of new fun topics and exciting things to be done uh, and to talk about on this show. 
Super excited today to have two new sponsors, uh, The Compost Company and Robbins Insurance. And these guys are just amazing. I'm going to have both of them on the show coming up soon. We're going to do a full insurance show where we talk about all the different kinds of insurance. And I'll ask all of the dumb questions so that you don't have to. And we're going to have The Compost Company, Jeffrey Ezel, is going to come on and explain exactly what he does, how he does it, and why uh, he's going to help you with retention and why he's going to help you save our planet Lots of cool stuff happening there. I also want to tell you guys, we've had a couple people, Tootsie Lou's Tacos and Eastside Bond Me. They have a new concept called Eastside Pho, and it's going to be opening up at the Wash in East Nashville. Tyler Cobble was on the show. He had this idea. He took a, a car wash, and he made six bays, six different bays, and five of those bays have small restaurants. And in the sixth bay is going to be a micro bar a craft cocktail micro bar, and I am super excited for that. Just that concept. He's a great dude. He's such a champion for East Nashville, and that whole thing just is a, is a great, great concept. The planned opening is Saturday, October. I'm sorry, <laughs> Saturday, April the thirtieth. So if you're wondering when you're going to get in there and get into those new restaurants, Saturday, April the thirtieth. I'm so sorry, not trying to get you into that later on in the year. Today. Today, let's talk about today. Today, we're talking to Charlie, and Charlie is with Single Tree Barbecue. He is the owner and the pit master for Single Tree Barbecue, and we're going to kind of make the end of April and May kind of a little barbecue month as we've got an interview with Pat Martin coming out at the beginning of May. He has his new book, Life of Fire, out, but this story today from Charlie is just such a unique story. This guy's a businessman. I loved talking to him. We've read a lot of the same books. I He's unassuming because he's got this huge beard, and I didn't expect him to be, you know, you have no idea. That's the danger, I guess. You look at somebody and you think, hey, this guy looks like he could be in ZZ Top, and uh, and then he just blew me away. Just the passion this guy has, the, I don't know, the guts to completely pivot during a pandemic. I am loving, just absolutely loving bringing all of these pandemic pivots to the show people that have we're starting to see success stories from people who said i'm done with the bullshit and i'm doing my own thing and i'm making it happen and we're coming out of this whole pandemic thing on the right side and charlie's one of those guys i mean his story is fantastic i loved hearing it i love talking to him i could have talked to him for hours and hours on end but i say that about a lot of people because i i uh i i do i fall in love with these people they're amazing I am so honored that I get to share their stories with you. So uh, you can hear me talk some more or not. Let's let's uh, let's not. Let's let me go enjoy my time in Phoenix, Arizona. Enjoy some sun. Hear some people. Maybe I'll come back with some new ideas. But uh, we'll be Friday. We're going to be. We have a new show coming out Friday, and it's going to be with a woman named Sherry Gennaro. And it's just going to be. We're going to talk about. All kinds of stuff. It's just it's just like a an hour of me and Jen and Sherry shooting the shit. And it was an absolute blast. Um, we're going to be all new a week from today. Mark your calendar. We have got Bob Bernstein on the podcast. And he is going to talk. He's the owner of Bongo Java, Fido, Greens Vegetarian Cafe, Bongo East. He's got a lot of stuff uh, going on. And we talk about most of it. I cannot wait to have him back. I think we can do like an episode with him every week. He is old Nashville. We talk about preserving Nashville, and that is an episode I am really excited to bring to you. But today, today I am excited because it is Monday, my favorite day, 
And you're going to get to hear a story of Charlie who owns Single Tree Barbecue. Uh, Y'all enjoy. Super excited today to welcome in Charlie Eblen. Did I say that right? Yes, sir. Who is the owner and pit master for Single Tree Barbecue. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh man, it's our it's our pleasure. We've we've had some pretty amazing pitmasters on the show. Kerry Bringle, Pat Martin. Uh, I don't think Will from Edley's is a pitmaster, but he's the owner of Edley's, right? And so you're in good company coming in for sure. Tell me about Single Tree Barbecue. Man, where do I begin? So you know, we we started in. It officially opened the doors uh, to the food truck in May of 2020 or 21, excuse me. Um, right, not right in the middle of pandemic, but right in the middle of pandemic. Well, we started the company really in October of 2020. Okay, so smack dad right in the middle. Yeah. Now, was, was it an idea that you'd had for years, or was this something that hey, look, the pandemic started, we're all at home. And I've got time and you had wood and you were like, I'm going to perfect this thing. And by October, you were like, holy shit, we should make money doing this. Well, I have been in the restaurant business for 27 years. Um, okay. Everything from left, right, up and down, I've done. And my my previous position, I was a director of operations. I had the entire Southeast for um, a, a nationally known name company. What was it? Um, Bar Louie. Okay. Um, Very cool. So I traveled all over the place, was on the road four or five days a week. Um, Bar Louie went through some pretty tough transitions with bankruptcies and, Mm. and, you know, they came out on the other side. They, they did well, but uh, they had to make some tough decisions on who was going to stick around, who wasn't going to stick around. And I made it through the first three or four cuts, but uh, that last one was, was the end of my career at, at Bar Louie. So um, uh, was that a fun place to work? We loved it. Um, you know, it was laid back with high standards, um, at least in my region. Um, you know, I can't can't really speak for everybody else outside of the southeast. I did a tater tot eating contest there. Yeah. Uh, the one in the Gulch when it first opened. Right. I sold them produce, and there's a big – I don't know if they do it annually or what it is, but, like, we had to do tater tots, and I, I'm not good at competitively eating. I'm going to say that right now. <laughs> I can – I'm right there with you. I'm not, I'm not very good at it either. I'm like a giant, you know, and I'm there and you have to eat like this big plate of tater tots. And it's like, there's like five teams, but the people next to us was like two women. There was like a, a big dude and these two women that were like five, three, 79 pounds. I mean, just like right. tiny girls. Those girls were machines. They grabbed, they literally just grabbed the tater tots and they dip it in water, and then they crunched them all up, and then oh, wow. we're well, eating yeah, them. You ha- that's what I, okay, so I was wondering if you did the water thing, because tater tots will scratch your throat if you're just, like, shoving them, like, Captain Crunch. Like, you well, you're trying to chew them first. They were essentially, by putting them, they were, like, chewing them with their hands, and then just no, inhaling exactly. them. Women are smarter. Yeah, that, that oh, makes they, total they, sense they, to me. Sure. That was, they were, like, the anchors of their team. Yeah. I'm over here eating, like, three and four tots, time chewing, and they're just, like... I'm like, whoa. Yeah, no, I was blown away. It was I don't awesome. Know who they are, but I'm proud of it. It was badass. Yeah. I love All it. All right, so I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it just good. seemed like a fun place to work, places that do that with a cool bar atmosphere. It kind of looked it like was. laid back, but it was really. Yeah, it was. It I was, haven't been there in a long time, but it was. It was very laid back. Um, you know, and we, 
this market in the Nashville area in the Southeast was struggling for quite a while. Um, and I came on and, and kind of helped turn it around and get it back going in the right direction. So what did you have to do? What were the, what were like, and I'm just curious now, cause like when you come in somewhere and you get turned back around, what's the first thing you had to do? Um, you know, I tell everybody, man, it doesn't matter whether you're in corporate America or you own your own place. It's all about people. It's, it's a hundred percent about people. I say all the time, you know, look, I may sell food, but I'm really in the people business. Sure. You know, and, and you get the right people in the right places and the right seat on the bus and, and, and your business will thrive. Have you read uh, good to great? Um, I have. Okay. So like, it sounds like there's some Jim Collins still going on <laughs> yeah, right there. Okay. I have. Um, I, 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 when I was in the corporate world, I read a lot more than I do now, but, uh, you know, I also have a lot more to do now than I did when I was in the corporate world. So, sure. all right. So pandemic starts. Yep. What are you doing? Are you working? So I'm at Bar Louie, um, in, in March when, when it really, everything started shutting down March and, 12th. And going through it. Yep. And, uh, um, we're going through the, going through the motions. We're shutting down, recreating ourselves, doing all that kind of fun stuff. And I guess in the first of October, um, was, was really kind of the last cut for bar Louie. And, um, I got a phone call. My boss got let go. I get a phone call the next day and, uh, saying, Hey, you know, we, appre- we appreciate your service. Thank you for all you've done. But you know, this is the end of the line. Yeah. So I said, okay, well, you know, now what? Right. And, I guess it was the next day or two. We, you know, me and my wife kind of took a took a second to decompress and figure out what's up and down for a minute. And um, I'm sitting in my office, and and I mean, I'll never forget it. It was like it was yesterday. And I'm on my laptop, and I'm I'm you know on the Indeed and LinkedIn, and you know updating seeing everything, what's out there, yeah. what's going on, and and I'm I'm just kind of sitting there, and I got my I kind of got my head down and my hands on my face, and. My wife walks in and goes, you okay? And I said, yeah, you know, I'm all right. And she goes, well, you know, what are we going to do? You know, it's been a couple of days. We need to figure this out. What are we going to do? <laughs> and I just looked at her and I said, well, there's, there's nobody's hiring. I mean, it's, it's October of 2020. Who's, who's hiring restaurant executives at that level anyways. Right. So, um, <laughs> she said, well, when are you going to, when are you going to stop making other people money and start making your own money? You know, do, do your own thing. It's a very valid question. It, it is. It is. And it, <laughs> if you it, have the ability. It really hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, I've always wanted to have a restaurant. I've had, you know, written menus and drawn out blueprints and, you know, done everything there is to do just on my side when I had some spare time, just as kind of creative thinking projects, really, more than anything else. And, and she said, why don't you just start your own? You know, stop depending on everybody else to, to be successful and depend on yourself. And, and it, and it's, it, it really, it really hit my core. Cause I used to say that all the time is, you know, you can't depend on somebody else to teach you. You can't depend on somebody else to train you, grow yourself, you know, get up in the morning and do something, you know, take, take 30 minutes, take 15 minutes, whatever time and grow your own personal self to be better, whether that's in the professional segment or personal, it doesn't really matter. Right. So I like this guy. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. You're, um, you're, 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 you're preaching. I like it. <laughs> you know, man, I was, I was, I was raised by, uh, a man who, who worked his tail off and a grandfather who never stopped. And, and, and that's really, you know, how single tree came to be. And what hit me like a ton of bricks was, 
you know, my grandfather spent 27 years in the military, got out, was an attorney, uh, became a federal judge out of Chattanooga. Um, you know, he had a farm in Bell Buckle, Tennessee. That's where I spent as much time as I possibly could, whether it was, you know, fixing fences or, you know, tending to the garden or whatever it may be, cattle, horses, the whole nine yards. And, and then at the end of the day, we would, we would get done. He had a, he had this gorgeous outdoor fireplace that we would sit by and we'd cook dinner and tell stories and, you know, try to conquer the world's problems. And, you know, I was, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years old and, and remember it like it was yesterday. Right. Some of the, some of the best times of my life. And he always wanted to have a restaurant and, you know, always talked about, man, that would be so much fun and this, that, and the other. And we love to cook and, you know, meet people and talk. And so when I'm sitting there looking at my wife, it just kind of, you know, hit me square in the face and said, Hey, let's, let's, let's do it. And, uh, it was, it was suiting my grandfather's farm. The name of the farm was single tree. So when, I'm writing everything out and thinking about what I'm going to do. Um, I love cooking over live fires. Um, I've always done smoking at the house. Um, you know, messed up more barbecue than I, <laughs> than I care to mention, but, uh, um, you know, just worked as hard as I could. Yep. Have you, Mr. have you seen this? Have you read this? I'm I've holding seen up. it and, and uh, I haven't read it yet, but, um, I, I, I worked for Pat for a short period of time. So, Okay, as I have the book Life of Fire. I'm holding up Pat Martin's new book Life of Fire, which I'm Great book. just getting into. Uh, he'll be in studio on the 19th, and we're going to go over the whole book. Yeah, but I'm so fascinated by this because I He's had no incredible. idea that there's so many stages to a fire. Yeah, right. So there's the beginning stages, then there's like the intermediate, and you add like you're building a fire to add to to keep a fire going to keep your smoking going, right? So I'm, I'm super interested in, in hearing how you learned all yeah. this stuff. And is that something that you learned on Single Tree Farm? Um, I learned learned a lot there. Um, learned a lot from Pat. Um, you know, he, he gave me the opportunity to go to L.A. And, and meet some really cool people there with William Durney and Aaron Franklin and Sam Jones. Oh, wow. And, you know, so, you know, and the whole time I'm there, I'm, you know, like a little kid in a candy store picking their brains. And, you know, hey, man, what, how, how do you do that? You know, and so... Um, and then a lot's just been trial and error, you know, it's, it's, uh, and I, th I think Aaron Franklin said, said once that, you know, you're, you're, if you want to start cooking briskets, great, you're going to screw a whole bunch of them up before you get it even close to right. And, you know, you learn every day, you know, I mean, I, I, I learn new things every day just by doing it every day. And it's, it's, um, it's not easy. You know, it's, it's, you're up early, you're, 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 uh, stay, stay up late and, and don't get a lot of sleep when you're doing smoking stuff. But, um, it's, it's amazingly fun. Is that the, is that the case? Because it, I love like once or twice a year, I'll get the smoker out. I don't have a, I used to have a smoker. I don't have it. it it's dead now, but I want to build like a brick. I want to build like a cinder block kind of a thing going on. Mm -hmm. That's not the story. I love doing it like twice a year. You get some ribs. I do like a marinade. It's like this coffee rub that I do on them. And I, it takes, you know, 12 hours to do. But it's like this labor of love. And they're so good. And they're amazing. But like when you do that for fun, it's beautiful. When you share it with people and they, 
Yeah. But when you do that for a living, does that change the fun uh, of it? I mean, because you're like, damn, now I have to go do that. It's not something I'm choosing to do for fun. I, you know, I wake up every day choosing to do it. And, and the love and the passion that I have for it is just, it's, it's unmatched. I mean, I, I, I've never been this happy in my, in my career. Um, you know, it's, it's, I get more time with my wife and kids, you know, my, my 10 year old, you know, did all of all the smoking with me last night. Oh, um, wow. You know, so, and I mean, he, he looked at me, we were putting, we were getting the pork butts ready and putting them on the smoker last night. And, and he looked at me and he said, he said, dad, this, this looks like a lot of fun. I, I, I think I could do this. And I said, well, that's good. Cause you know, you're doing it right now. <laughs> you're doing it right now. And <laughs> you know, I mean, he just had this huge smile on his face and you know, it's, it's moments like that, that make it all worth every, uh, all the, the, you know, look, man, I'm not, I'm not he man. I, I get tired too. Right. Oh yeah. You know, and, and, and grumpy and this, that, and the other. And, and, you know, just like any other human being in this world, you know, we, we wake up on the wrong side of the bed sometime, but you know, I cook barbecue for a living and talk to wonderful people all the time and get to meet somebody new every day. And, you know, it's, and tell my story, you know, and, and, you know, we, we started this company for that reason to, to sell the perfect plate of barbecue and help grow and build a community around it through our barbecue and, you know, it's not, yeah, you know, my barbecue is pretty good. I think it's, you know, but I'm not going to sit here and say it's better than Pat's or Carrie's or Aaron's or any, any of those yeah. guys. They, they're, they're amazing pit masters and, and do amazing things. And, but mine's different. You know, it's, it's mine. It's my spin, right? It's not, you know, Pat does a lot of, you know, whole, whole hog, hog, right? I love cooking whole hog. It's awesome to do. We did one for New Year's, but you know, it's not, that's not what I do every day, right? What do you do every day? Like, because I know Kerry's like, he has Bringle smoking Oasis now where he does brisket, but people always go to Peg Lake Porker and go, why don't you have brisket? That's Texas barbecue. I do Tennessee barbecue. That's all I do here. Right. Do you have any kind of rules like that where you're like, no, I only do these four things or? No, I, I, I do what my guests want me to do. Um, my passion is around brisket. Okay. Um, I absolutely love cooking brisket. I think it's one of the hardest things to smoke. One from a time standpoint, you know, and just the trimming and the fire, and it's just the whole process is very time-consuming and intricate. It's, it's, you know, I tell people all the time it's more like an art form than it is than it is a, a step-by-step cooking process. Um, so can we step-by-step go how you do it? Yeah. Can you t- yeah. I'm, I think a lot of people out there eat brisket and you know that you smoke it, right? Are you familiar with this, Jen? So I grew up Jewish, and the way we prepare brisket is different. It's like done in it's more like meatloaf to right. Jews, right? So like right. I that's the brisket I'm familiar with, right? So I don't know. So do you first of all, what type of meat are you using? So if I you were to I, buy it, what, what would you buy from? Who do you use? Cisco? Um, it, I Restaurant use a Depot? couple a couple of different okay. people. Um, you know, I don't I don't go through the hundreds and hundreds of pounds that, you know, some of these other guys do, but, um, you know, I only buy prime brisket. Um, I've, I've, I like choice. It's, it's okay, but I I typically only buy prime. Um, so it's a little bit more expensive, but it just has a little bit different texture and flavor. So, so do you actually season the meat itself? Oh yeah. 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 Very simple salt and pepper, just Texas style. 
Um, I trim it, trim it down, get as much fat off of it as I can. Just leave about a quarter of an inch of fat on the fat cap. Okay. Um, and then you know, get the hickory, get the get you the use smoker hickory going exclusively, hickory. exclusively hickory. Okay. Yeah. Now, when you put it on there, what temperature do you typically do you like? Cause this is the life of fire thing. Yeah. Do you start a fire? You have like a, a like a feeder fire to the other side of it, or do you? And then you put coals in there. So or do you start the fire inside of it? How I does that work? I use an offset smoker, so which is a stick burner. It it, it has a whole firebox on the side of the smoker. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Um, you know, like Pat does a lot of open fire, open pits with all of his whole hogs, which is which is phenomenal. Um, and you know, that's not what you're doing. But that's not what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm doing, you know, pork butts and briskets and ribs and and you name it. Um, How long so, does it take to cook a brisket? Um, it normally takes me 16 to 18 hours. And do you have to like turn it? Like, what do you do throughout? I'm kind of asking remedial questions for anybody no, who's fine. listening. That's yeah, like, no, you I know, I'm too embarrassed to ask these basic questions about brisket. I'm like, <laughs> maybe we can give a class to people and they can learn like, oh, that's what brisket is. Yeah. It's, it's so, so much of it is the smoker and how you trim it and, and the fire. Um, the fire is probably the most important part of smoking. You know, a lot of people think that, you know, they drive down the road and you see these guys on the side of the road with smokers and there's smoke billowing out everywhere. Um, that's not good. <laughs> um, you don't you don't want a lot of smoke coming out. So that means you have a, a dirty fire is what we call it. Um, you're really cooking with the fire itself. So you want a clean smoke, which is looks more like vapors coming out. Yeah. Right? Um, and when you do that, you still get all the smoke flavor, you know, get a, get a nice, pretty smoke ring and the whole nine yards, but it cooks a lot more evenly, a lot smoother and, you know, just stays, stays the process. So it's easier to maintain the fire. And, you know, when you get a lot of smoke, it's normally your temperatures are fluctuating up and down. I try to stay around 225, 230, um, when I'm cooking pork butts and briskets, um, I just, the low, slow process just, it, it just, it does something special to the meat. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. So if you do that overnight, do you have to get up like multiple times throughout the night to like mm -hmm. tend to it? Oh, yeah. Is that oh, your yeah. favorite time? I love it. I love every <laughs> second of it. Yeah. Is it just, is it, is it like your form of meditation? Is it like me time when you get to get up there? It it's is. like, it's just me. It's dark. Everybody else is asleep. You look at the stars. Is that just like your moment? It's it's spectacular, man. You know, it's it's um, in growing up, going back to to the single tree farm with my grandfather, and my my dad, and relatives sitting by a fire. I mean, you know, that's that's where life lessons were learned for me, right? That's where you know, hey, hey you know, you, you got to use your manners, right? You got to be respectful, and you know, all all the things that I learned growing up were staring into a fire. So, you know, sitting, sitting outside and, and staring into a fire is, you know, brings me back to when I was seven, you know? So I am the wife of a restaurant owner and I also told him to go for it. I was like, do it, go for it. And we have this fight all the time because I'm like, oh, if, if present Jen could talk to past Jen, it may have been different <laughs> advice. And like, I love our restaurant. He's happy. It's, it's great, but it's just, you know, schedules are hard. We don't see each other as much. We also have two kids. So have you said you got to see your wife more and your mm -hmm. kids more? And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> because you're probably doing this from home. 
Is your smoker at your house? Yeah, but I have so I have two smokers. I have one on my on my truck okay. um, that I do a lot on my truck as well, um, but it's parked in my driveway. That's so lucky. So, so all <laughs> of, so if, if, if Soy Bistro was in your driveway. I actually right. think I'd see him less. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's just yeah. right there. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> now, look, I spend a lot of time in my trailer. Don't get me wrong. Does That's your wife I, work with you? Um, she does occasionally. When we first opened, she she did a lot. Nice. Um, her and my kids did a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting getting opened and and trying to promote the business. And, yeah, it's an all-hands-on-deck thing. It, it is. And I'm not a dessert fella by mm-hmm. any means. Um, so she, she has all the recipes for the banana pudding, the Oreo pudding, the apple jacks, all the, all the fun things they, I've come up with one dessert in the last year and a half uh-huh. and that's bacon wrapped Oreos. I mean, that's, that sounds that's, great. you know, it's wonderful, but it was, you know, I needed a dessert and I thought he was going to okay. say like a peanut butter bushwhacker or something. <laughs> I came up with a peanut butter bushwhacker that we love and it's fantastic. No, much more simpler than that. <laughs> So I am not, I just grew up not eating barbecue. Like it just wasn't a big thing in our house. So one of the ways my husband figured I was pregnant is I was like, you know what? I could really go for some barbecue. And he was like, (laughs) that's odd. He's like, you've never, we've been together like six years. He's like, you've never asked for that. And I'm like, yeah, well, I just, I think I want some. And he was like, I think you might be pregnant. And like had me, <laughs> had me take a test, and sure as shit, I was pregnant. So. My middle child, little little Charlie, when he when my wife was pregnant with him, I had to get up every morning and go to Sonic. That was and, hers, and get the chili cheese pups. Wow! So oh wow! Every in the morning, every morning, yeah, seven a.m. My big thing was yeah. chocolate pudding. Like loved chocolate pudding. I don't think my wife had any. She nothing like that. No weird cravings. Like nothing. I also had a lot of aversions. Like I still to this day can't eat ketchup. Really? Yeah. Like f- severely grossed me out when I was pregnant, and now the scent of it just like I can't do. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. I, yeah. That took a weird turn. I didn't anticipate that. It's just yeah. like that's what I, when I think of barbecue, I think of. Oh yeah, I was pregnant then because <laughs> like, right. I just never <laughs> eat it. <laughs> we it, it's it you know now that I, I now that I cook barbecue for a living, we don't eat it. Yeah, you know it's not and and I love barbecue. The only time I really eat barbecue is when I'm on the trailer and need to get lunch or dinner or whatever. But you're it also is. tasting like all day, right? Like, are you? Oh yeah, yeah. So oh, I'm yeah. sure that. So yeah. what is your go-to food then? If you're like, if I can never eat barbecue again, the thing I would eat for the rest of my life. Um. I don't know. Okay. I, I have to have barbecue. Okay. <laughs> like that That's not um, a fair question. That's yeah. not a question I ever want to deal with in my life. Yeah, it's that, not going to happen. I'm not going to take away anything. I don't know if you saw part of my soul leave. <laughs> uh, I did get one. startled. That was, oh, man, no barbecue. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I would probably go with steaks of sorts. That but, is a sideline. Okay. But, I'm going to allow it. Bit, <laughs> well, the reason I say that is not, not like. It's good. Not I was like, like this a, just feels like a foul. <laughs> it is, but <laughs> I don't want your, you know, gas grill steak, okay. right? Um, I would say a, a big tomahawk mm-hmm. um, ribeye over an open fire, you know, would probably be somewhere in that neighborhood. Or maybe lamb. I really sure. like I really like lamb. Lamb's pretty tasty. You know what? Shit. What? I'm going to have to. I, 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 have, I, I feel so exposed right now because I have a gas grill. And that's what I cook steaks on, and I'm never happy with it. <laughs> and I have this big backyard with, like, I mean, like, the woods. And I could totally build something, like, there that would be 
amazing like an outdoor and i think i'm gonna i, I you think you just gave him a new project yeah i think so, i'm now gonna have to build one and i'm gonna have to become like i'll tell you just get story. really close to the mic and say i'm so sorry jennifer still i didn't mean yeah no it's <laughs> i'm gonna read this life of fire book and then i'm just gonna have it's yeah it's a funny story i we bought our house four years ago i guess ish somewhere in that neighborhood and before we moved in, we closed, and I immediately went and got the trailer and bought the bricks and everything to build my fire pit just so I could cook with live fire in my backyard before we even moved in. I had it built and ready to go. It's, um, it's I think you're doing special. the right thing in life right now. Everyone's got their thing. Like I, mine, like non-negotiable. I really want a fireplace because I, I don't. I just want to be near a fire. I don't want to like the warmth. I don't cook. I don't want to do that. I just want to be near it. And honestly, I want the the stockings hung by the chimney with care. That's the other. Yeah, that my house now has a, a really nice hearth, really nice big fireplace, but it's a gas fireplace. Mm-hmm. I've grown up my entire life. I love maintaining a fire, like throughout a night, maintaining a fire, creating airflow, and like, mm-hmm. I my wife just took a video of me. I saw that. <laughs> I like intentionally didn't make fun of you. I was like, I'm not even gonna. I she took she watched I mowed the yard the other day, and she she saw she was in my kids' room, and she saw me walking across the street, and I'm standing there just looking at my yard. And she videoed me. She's like, oh, look at him. There he is. She's just, he's just taking it all in. And then I pull my camera out and I take a picture. And she's like, oh, what? Just just a big dumb man. Look at him go. There he's just staring at his yard. But I'm like that way with fire. Like you just get, you get a good fire going. And there's a, there's a sense of accomplishment that, look, I've kept this fire going the entire day. Right. New house, gas logs already in the whole thing. And I was like, these got to go. These got to go. And then it got really cold and I, I just, I, I lit the fire and it was really nice and it actually created warmth. And I went, oh, I don't have to buy wood. Yeah. I don't have to stack it in the snow and the cold and go, out, go outside when it's 12 degrees. I just have to light it. And I have been converted. It's fantastic. With my ga- I'm like turning into this bad, I got a gas grill and I have a gas fireplace. You can punch my man card twice. But you only have, okay. I'm eye rolling very hard, but uh, <laughs> you're also about to get yourself a fire outside. Like you just said, that's your new project. I, do, I have I have three fire pits in the backyard. Yeah. I have three separate ones in different areas of the backyard. But like that's bonfire wonderful. pits. Yeah. I definitely get my fire and I have fires yeah. all the time. Okay, you can yeah. keep your stupid man card. <laughs> what a prize. <laughs> you could see, you'll see the eye rolls if you watch this. You see her just going, what the hell? <laughs> we're getting off the rails here so i love it i love it you're making brisket you're making pork butts you have a truck mm-hmm. you're doing it's a food truck yes sir. Essentially. Yeah. so you don't have like a brick and mortar restaurant you're going around and you're based in murfreesboro we're based out of murfreesboro um we we the the first solid year i wanted to make sure that we had all of our ducks in a row before sure. we really started traveling too much um I did branch out a little bit towards the end of the year. Um, we went to Crossville and did the big home homestead apple festival. Oh wow, um, yeah, which was amazing. We're we're going back this year. Um, you know, I've come to Nashville a couple of times and and do some 
some orders with L3 Harris, which is a defense contractor right down the street here. Um, you know, so we, we've branched out a little bit, but there's, there's, you know, Rutherford County is the fastest growing County in the country. So it's, um, there's, there's plenty for me to do. Is it really? There's, there's over, over 20 people a day moving into Rutherford County. Well, wow. That's yeah. That's, I did not know that. It's, it's, it's massive. It's, it's just, you know, I moved, I moved to Nashville in 89, I believe it was. I did too. Yeah. And, uh, in Murfreesboro. From where? Atlanta. Okay. Um, I lived with my mother in Atlanta, um, until 89, moved to Nashville or moved to Murfreesboro. Then, um, lived with my dad there and, uh, it's, it's not, it's not even remotely close. I mean, saying the, saying that Murfreesboro's doubled is, it's not even. I went to MTSU close. in yep. 2000 or like 98 through 2001. Oh, we were there together. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, how old are you? I'll be, <laughs> I'll be 42 next month. My wife, right. my wife makes fun of me cause I always say I'm just 41. I just turned 43 and I just, and I, I took a year off in between high school and college and yeah. then went to college a year later. Mm-hmm. So probably at the same time we were there at MTSU. Yeah. yeah. But if I go back now, it's almost unrecognizable because I don't get yeah. there all the time. Like I've every, so I used to manage, I used to be a district sales manager for us foods and I was there all the time, mm-hmm. but like just, it's amazing how it is growing up. It's that me- the whole yeah. medical center drive and, Wow. It's nuts. My first my first general manager position was at the Fuddruckers in Murfreesboro. Um and it is now a gas station. I'm like, I don't even remember where that was. Yeah. Over uh what is that? Um Northfield and Broad. Memorial? Broad. Broad. Okay. I used to yeah. live in Northfield Commons. Yeah, right down the street from there, actually. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a Harvey Wallbangers. Mm-hmm. Over in that area, it's now a Mexican restaurant, but it was the best place. Yeah, my you dad's good? like obsessed with Fuddruckers. Is he? Oh, like fully obsessed with it. Yeah, he loves it so much. He's always like, "You're in the industry. Why don't you go there?" And I'm like, "What? Why? I don't know." He just, lo- I don't know. He just fucking loves it. <laughs> like that was like a field trip thing. Like he was like, "We're going to Fuddruckers, guys." And I, I don't know if he thought my brothers and I like had the same joy for it. We, we don't. But like, it makes my dad so happy. I love it. <laughs> It was it was a great chain in the in all right. Day. <laughs> Not weird. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. We are talking about net checks today, and you know, last week we told you that net checks is your single source for all things people. We made a list: recruiting, onboarding, performance management, human resources. Uh, scheduling, payroll, taxes. The one thing that we want to focus on today is your biggest pain point, hiring and retention. Uh, What do you use? Indeed, Facebook, Craigslist? Well, NetChecks will post to all of those sites for you automatically. So there's no need for you to post on all these different sites and keep up with it. One source. Like I said, NetChecks is your single source for all things people. They are always on the employee experience. What Chefs Want has been serving the Nashville restaurant community for over 15 years. During that time, they've worked tirelessly to be, well, what Chefs Want. Seven day deliveries, no fuel charges, 24 seven customer care, unparalleled availability, and they'll split almost everything they sell. 
If you're the kind of person that wants to see what's new when it comes in stock, you should follow them on the socials at what chefs want and sign up to be a customer at whatchefswant.com. Are you a professional looking for a job here in Nashville? Maybe you're just looking for a gig. You need maybe a better work-life balance. Change the way you work. GigPro can provide the opportunity for higher pay, a flexible schedule, and hopefully connect you with the right fit for a long-term employment. Sign up now at go.gigpro.com forward slash pro. Once you sign up and complete your profile, you can earn $5 for each person you refer to the app. Go do it now. It is interesting. I know. So you park your... Do you, is there a place that you go that if it's so like if you're listening to this right now and you want to go try a single tree barbecue and I tell you that I do, um, where would I go to find you? Um, it, it, best place to go is is go to my Facebook page and actually see where I'm going to be located that day because it changes so often. Um, you know, in in the month of April alone, I think I think I'm at the same place like twice in the month. Wow. Um, so like this particular week today, we'll be at the, you know, Rockville high school. Um, tomorrow we'll be at Panther Creek brewery. Thursday we'll be at Blackman high school. Um, Friday I have two events, one with the health department and then another one Friday night. Um, and then Saturday, the same thing. I got another event on, on Saturday evening too. So if you're listening, lest you think you can go see him on these days, this is pre-recorded maybe yeah. a week before yeah. this is done. So those, those have probably already happened. But if you yeah. go to Single Tree Barbecue on Facebook, just you they can, can to, search. You can go to the Facebook page or you can go to my website, which is just www.singletreebbq.com. And it's posted on there for every week as well. And if you're watching this, you can see that he is at Single Tree BBQ on Instagram. And you mentioned you were going to go live. I, I, I always see Single Tree Barbecue as live. It always pops up on my screen. Right. Tell me about that. So <clears throat> the first year we were open, I, I really just worked on execution and trying to get my operation under wraps. Sure. Um, and one of the things that we didn't do a very – we did a very poor job of was our media and marketing and – what you know telling our story so <clears throat> that has been my plan for this year is really kind of let everybody know who we are and what we do and what we're about and what we're planning on doing so um through different connections with people that i've met um there's a guy named sean walshef out of san diego california who owns cali barbecue and cali barbecue media company um you know through some of his guidance and help and, and some others, um, simply just do it, right? Just, you know, forget about your fears of being on camera and talking and, and just do it. You, you're going to mess up. It, it's going to happen. Yeah. That's fine. You got to start somewhere. But, you know, it, it brought me back to, you know, my corporate days of people want to know people, not robots. And they people like seeing when you stutter or you make a gaffe or whatever it may be. So I have started doing a lot more reels and videos on, on all of my platforms with TikTok and Facebook and Instagram. And it's so much, I, I feel like a little kid I'm trying to learn all over again. Yeah. Um, and you know, one of the things that I wanted to do with is a part of who we are and what our true North is, is build community. So <clears throat> what better way to do that? then the tools that we have available 
it doesn't cost us anything but a little bit of time. So we started doing actually this yesterday um, a live show on Instagram every Monday night, 6 p.m. You can get on Instagram and join our live show. Last night was a lot about the history of who we are, how we got started, you know, a lot of the questions that, you know, we've talked about today. Um, and then next week I'll be in Arizona at the uh, Restaurant Leadership Conference. I'll be there. Oh, well, I'll see you I'll there. S- I'll see you there. Yeah, You guys wonderful. just stalk each other, it sounds like. I love it. Yeah, I'm gonna be, I'll be in <laughs> Phoenix Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, me, me as well. Yeah. So. Wow, how, um, how do? That's pretty fun yeah. right there. Wow. So that, that Monday I'll be doing a live with a gentleman by the name of John Iannucci. Um, who is the chief operations officer for a company called Bird Call. Um, They're out of Denver. They're growing a very small company. I I think they have 10, 11, 12 locations. They're getting ready to open more. So we're going to go live and we're going to talk about what he's doing and how he's, you know, developing his business. And, you know, I'm sure he'll want to catch up and ask questions of me. And then I'm having another guest on the following Monday that's a part of the Borough Bourbon Club. Um. He runs that out of a, out of Murfreesboro. It's on Instagram as well. Um, so we're going to talk about bourbon and barbecue and all that kind of fun stuff. They're doing a barbecue festival later on in the year that we're going to be a part of. And then sweet. And then one one show a month, we'll do some sort of cooking class of sorts. Cool. You know? So you know the the last one in April will probably be some sort of live of me showing and teaching how to make something barbecue. So. Good. I'll be, be watching that one. Yeah, yeah. cool. Be a like lot that, of fun. So my new pit that I build. There you go. Yeah, I have. I'm I'm sitting here trying to listen to you, but I'm also in the back of my brain building this pit in my mind. I knew you're doing that. <laughs> he loves things that lo- that need maintenance, though, like washing his car or the lawn or whatever. Like he likes things that require new maintenance I'm, I'm all right the there time. With him. Yeah. yeah. I, so. I I don't know. I think I don't know what it is. I, there's just something that's like doing something that's simple, almost remedial, but you get immediate results from. Right. Right. You know, I. Do you like I folding laundry? Hate it. Okay. Well, that fits in your like boundaries though of like it's remedial, but, and you get immediate results. Like it's folded, you're done. Mm, it's almost, it's not primal though. Okay. Something about mowing a yard. I think mean, washing yeah. my car is an easy one, but like that, that's the only thing I can control. I always sure, say sure, that sure. like that my help, people get in my car and they go, Dude, this is like brand new. And I go, no, I just keep it. It's the only thing I can control is how clean my car is. Right. I can't control anything else in life. Literally really anything else. My dog messes up the yard. I mean, I can't. Like, I'm the only one in my car. Hey, I understand. It's I've, the little things. I wash mine a couple times a week. See? Look at this. Yeah, I don't. This is my guy over here. I won't yeah. let him in my car. I, I, You know what I love the most? Something you said earlier is you said, have you read the book QBQ? Mm-hmm. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. See, he's I'm going to exit now because you QBQ guys are just <laughs> well, no, I've read all these books too, but he like breathes these books. Well, you said it. You said when, you know, I got the phone call and they said, I'm, I'm out and, you know, thanks for your service and all these things. And then you sat down and you said, what can I do to, to, to make this happen? And you didn't say they fired me. It's their fault. You didn't blame anybody. You stopped and you said, what do I need to do? What what makes me happy? What are the things that I need to do to create this yeah. livelihood? I have to support my family. I have to do these things. And you it, it's a it's a 
it's a reverse way to think about things versus saying all these things have happened to me and feeling that you can feel that of course you can respond to that but then turning it around and saying what can I do to, to move forward with my life and you ask these simple questions yourself and you came up with the answer I want to do this I want to become my own pit master and I want to start my own business where I'm in control right and I don't want to be put I don't put myself in the situation again look man there's there's um anybody and everybody can go through life and, and hit a speed bump right and and that's what can, makes people better and you I think. can you can sit here and go oh poor me right well getting down on yourself and saying oh poor me fine everybody you can do it for a second I do it too you have to you know right and but at the end of the day, you got to, you know, as you know, some of my closest people will tell you, you know, just get your shit together and fix it and action, know, put together some action. Nobody's, nobody cares as much about me as me. They just don't, you know, I mean, my wife probably cares more about me than I care about me, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's, um, if you don't, if you don't get up every day and just go after it, nobody's nobody's going to do it for you and uh you know I, i'm not going to sit back I, I you know me and my wife actually went to bar louie about a week after it happened and and i took a picture with me and her standing out in front of it with the big bar louie sign behind me and and it, it was the best thing that ever happened to me being a part of that company or losing that job getting fired I, mean, I look at the same yeah. thing. I mean, you know, I think Jen, you've had it. You had an interesting 2021, mm-hmm. but you look back on it and you go, "Are you stronger now?" Yeah. Well, it's my husband got sober through um, through all that, and you know, had we not had the struggles prior to him getting sober, we likely would not be together today, and we're both very aware of that. Um, so, lot it was tough. It was very hard. We walked right. through the fire, um, but now we can dance in the flames of it. So. It is hard, but you do have to go through it. And I, the thing that gets me through those things is I know the only way out is through. Like when you're in the middle of stuff, you can't go over it or around it or under it. Like you have to walk through it. There is no alternative. So I don't think that's like inspirational or anything, but that's, it's just, you have to, (laughs) which makes me feel better about it because there's no alternative. There's no, there's not. I mean, I, this, we would not be sitting here right now having this conversation if I hadn't lost my job mm-hmm. in October, the end of October, 2019 mm-hmm. yeah, I lost my job. And then I had a similar thing. Like, what am I going to do? And I started a company that said, I'm going to start this podcast and we're going to do this thing, but this wouldn't be a thing if I hadn't had some real trials and tribulations, mm-hmm. you know, and we look back on that time. Now my wife and I, it's so funny because it was so hard in the moment. Like, and it was, <laughs> Yes. I mean, holy shit. Like it was like every day. I mean, just, just, just agony, excruciating going through this. And we look back on it now as like a fond moment. Like, wow, what a, that hardship that we went through has made us so much stronger going sure. forward. And so many amazing things. I quit drinking it was my thing. I quit drinking at that time too. But like, I had no idea how much that was affecting our lives. Like I was completely clueless. Right. And being able to stop that and move forward with my life was like, wow, what a, what a shift, what a pivot in like our relationship. Oh yeah. I know it was amazing. It was just one of those things you can look back on and go, what can I do to be a better person going forward? When you're in stuff, a lot of times you don't, you don't have the ability to be objective 
and and look outside the box of what's really going on around you. And you know, I've I've said it for the last year and a half, two years now. I, I never realized how much I've missed of my kids growing up. And and you know, I mean, when I was traveling three, four, five days a week, it was you know, I was never at home. You know, and and my wife was a single mom, right? She did everything, and she still does. 99.9% of everything. She's amazing. But, um, you know, I just never realized how many baseball games, how many birthdays, how many, you know, Easter's or Thanksgiving's or Christmases that I missed. And, and now it's like, man, how did I do that? Mm-hmm. How, yeah. did I, how did I go through life and not be with my kids? You know, I mean, and, and my wife and just family in general, and it's it's tough, but it's hard to when you're going through stuff like you said, you know, if you don't go through the fire, you don't when you get to the other side, you don't realize what you had, what you missed, mm-hmm. what made you stronger for today. And, you know, I've always found that and if you don't go through it and you try to go around it, you might be able to get around it, but it's going to come back up. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Always. I we had a baseball game last night with my kids. I'm one of the coaches on the team. But, man, the, the conversations that have come up with my kids around effort and hustle and not winning, none of it's around, like, you need to win, damn it. It's all about effort and put time into it. And just these – I'm having some of the most amazing conversations with them that, I, you know, yeah. if I was at work, I would never – be able to, and I've, I've kind of put some boundaries around that, like that I'm going to be there for those moments. I'm not going to miss yeah. those so that I can be in a restaurant arbitrarily. Mm-hmm. No, that, that that's my priority now. And it's, it is a special, it's a really cool moment to be able to sit down and talk and we put them down to bed and you read the book and then we sit and talk about what that was about. And it's, I'm learning so many things. It's, yeah. Yeah, Life man. Lessons. It's uh, it, my my middle child it has a ton of talent in baseball, um, and and an amazing work ethic. But there's days that he doesn't want to put in the work that is needed and required. And you know he's in he's in fourth grade, getting ready to go into fifth grade this upcoming year, and so he's got one more year before he tries out for the middle school team. Well, you know there's thirty some odd kids on one baseball team. Well. If you have a tryout, they're probably going to be looking for one or two kids out of the entire school zone, right? So yeah. I tell him all the time, look, man, you know, it's it's up to you. If you don't want to play baseball, fine. And you're just doing it for fun, fine. I'm, I'm good with that. But if you want to accomplish that goal of playing for the middle school team and or high school, whatever, college, whatever you want to do, you got to put in the work. And if you don't put in the work, there's only one person you can blame for that. It's not going to be me or your mom. It's going to be that person that's looking back at you in the mirror. And, you know, it's the same thing with my business, with your business, anything else. You know, if, if you're not successful in today's age with all the tools and opportunities that, that present themselves on a daily basis, you really blame yourself. You know, don't, don't wake up a year from now and look back and go, I didn't put in the work. I should have gotten it anyways. What are your thoughts on that, Jen? I disagree. I think there are new obstacles all the time. I also think like even a silly example like TikTok, right? Like TikTok shadow bans and they more often shadow ban people of color than they do white women and stuff like that. So I think there's all these 
what do you not know what shadow banning is? No, what's a shadow ban? It when it's when they stop showing up on your feed. So like they're still posting videos and they're still getting some interaction, but it TikTok will limit the amount of people it's showing the video to on the algorithm or in that for you page and stuff like that. So it's like a quiet way of quieting voices. But it's a thing. It's like a th it's a thing that happens to a lot of different creators for lots of different reasons and whatever. Hmm. Anyway, um, so I think that there's. I also think as a as a country, we're like more aware of ways that there's just so much privilege and various things and stuff like that. So I agree, work hard, be successful. And I think working hard can equal success. I just don't think that it always does. And I think there's a lot of ways for it to not go that way. That's not to say I don't think we should work hard. I think we should, whatever position we're in, I think we should do the best that we can at. I love my job right now, but it is certainly not my dream job. I love the company I work for. I will support them forever, but they know it's not my dream job. That doesn't mean when I'm not there, I'm not doing the best that I can do for them. So I think that to me is the bigger message is like, wherever you are, do what you can do the best you can at it. Um, but I think some, there's a lot of luck involved and there's a lot of other aspects involved in like whatever, but that also depends on your version of success, right? Like I personally don't want, like, I never want to be a celebrity because I, I like, I'm introverted. I want to be alone a lot <laughs> or like with my family a lot. So the idea of celebrity to me, like accessible to a lot of people drives me nuts. Like I, I would hate that, but I do want to be successful enough where I can, you know, maybe not have a regular nine to five or in my case now a five to 11, um, things like that. And, you know, give my kids whatever they want and, Stuff like that. So I think your idea of success matters. I think the way we get there is going to look different for everybody. And I think, I just don't think always hard work equals success, but it can. Have you read Atomic Habits by James Clear? Uh, I have not read that one. You got me. I hadn't read that one. Perfect. I've got 12 more minutes left on it. Like I'm 99% <laughs> done. Amazing, amazing book. One of the things that he says is, we do not rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems, right? So having these habits, like you're talking about in baseball, you're not going to say, I want to be on the middle school team, and that's what you shoot for every single day, spending 30 minutes throwing at a, you know, catch, playing catch, being in a batting cage, doing that every single day and honing in on tiny little bits of your game that you can work on. That's the habit you have to have over an extended period of time. Incremental increases in that will get you where you need to go. You can't just say, I want to be a millionaire. Okay, I'm going to do it. Like, no, you have to start saving $20 a day. And then over 20 years with compound interest, eventually right. you can get there. But it's these small things you do every single day. And I think we miss that a lot. I think we spend so much time on our phones looking at TikTok and looking at what other people put on social media as their version of success. And we're trying to define that as ourselves, that that's what success is. And I think right. we're misguiding a generation of people into thinking that, you know, my kid wants to be a YouTube star. And I'm like, I want to support him, whatever he wants to do. But like, he sees Preston or these other people on YouTube playing Fortnite. And he's like, they have millions of followers and that looks cool. And that's not reality. Like right. that's not reality. I mean, it could be, I'm not telling him he can't, but it's every single day having good habits. Like talking about last time, meditation every day, getting up, doing the same things. But it's, I just thought that statement of 
we don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. So many in operations, you have to understand that, right? Very much so. And, and look, I agree. I think the point is simply you're you're 100% right with it depends on your definition of what success is. Yeah. Right? So, you know, my definition of success may be totally different than yours. Absolutely. Right? So the things that, and and the other side of it is, is, I do think the tools and everything there are for everyone to be successful. Mm-hmm. The where you have to be objective is understand what you're really good at, right? Mm-hmm. So absolutely, you may be amazing at social media. I feel like an infant. I'm trying to figure sure. out, you know, what buttons to push, and you know, so reaching out and trying to learn it, and I still may not be good at it. Well, then I may have to hire somebody to right. help me do that, right? So when, you know, yes, there's some luck that goes into it. Sure, yeah. you got to be in the right place But asking for help right is time. huge too. And like, it's yeah. great that you're able to do that because yeah. that's hard for a lot of people. And it's, I think one of the, I said this, I say this a lot. Like, I think we're all here to walk each other home. So we do just need to ask for help when we need it. And I think it's great that you're able to do that. And I hope that people will come to you for help someday too. You know, I I hope that that's the circle that we're all in at some point. It's one of my favorite moments when somebody calls me or messages me and says, Mm -hmm. Hey, I got questions for you. Hey, let's grab coffee. I I run a restaurant and I, I don't, I'm not, I'm alone. I feel like I'm on an Island and I'd love to pick your brain. Can we talk about some things? Like, that's one of my favorite messages to get is like, wow, yeah, let, let, let's do that. And I think we're so aligned on the fact that you said what I want to do is build community. Yeah. And that's, that's all we're doing here. Yeah. That's all we're doing here. I want to yeah. share your story so that everybody else can hear it and go, wow, that guy seems really interesting. I'd love to go support him. I'm going to go find his food truck. I really want to try that brisket. And then meeting you and like, hey, let's connect everybody in this industry. My goal is to help make the entire industry better. I want to, how, how do we sustain the locally owned and operated industry here in Nashville? I'm working on some things, but like really it's a, what can I do? And Jen, you know, she wants to make it more inclusive. Mm-hmm. How do we help everybody succeed in the business and not just people that want to? I mean, there's people that want to that don't know where to get started. Yeah. And I want Very to make so. that accessible. How do we make yeah. that accessible? We're like, Hey, look, I'm scared to say, I don't know about red wine. I'm afraid to say, I don't know about bourbon. And every time I walk into a restaurant, they go, what do you know about wine? You're like, nothing. And I don't know where to start. I don't, I don't even know where to begin. Like, how do we start those conversations? How do we get those people to understand? That's the building of community and building sure. of the locally owned and operated industry here in Nashville. And I think, I think that that's what makes Nashville special. You've been here for 30 plus years. What it used to be versus what it is today. I mean, it's slowly taking away what this is, what this industry, the, the, the fingerprint of what this industry, what made Nashville, Nashville, some amazing restaurants and you go through Hillsborough village. It's, it's a whole different place now. Like it makes me sad. Well, you can just go back 20 years. You know, I mean, if you go back to the early two thousands and take a picture of Broadway Versus what Broadway is today. Oh, we used to go cruise Second Avenue. Well, yes, yes, but you know, more 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 people know Broadway than than they do the 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 wonderful establishments we had on Second Avenue, Graham so. Central Station, baby. But even when I first moved Graham. here in oh, two thousand thirteen. <laughs> Like uh, you could park on Broadway. You could, you know, it was a fully. Di- it wasn't like just a transportainment. 
that how you say it? Yeah. Yeah. It just was it wasn't all that. Like that was very rare and new and like it still felt very small and local. And I was like safe walking to my car and I didn't carry mace and things like not that it's unsafe, but it does feel different than it did when I moved here. It's, you know? it's Disneyland now. Yeah, it's yeah. more commercial than it ever was. Yeah. Had been, it was very you know. small. Yeah, like there was fourteen boot barns and whatever and <laughs> tangled in wires right down here <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's it hey I, I love the transportainment by the I way i just wanted to feel like a local for a minute too Been you are a local <laughs> not, i don't think so you're I not you're not need... you're nine years in right yeah i think we have what to wait who was it that said you had to wait one more year was that charlotte it was sheila oh, okay yeah you're ready with sheila sheila from course she said one more year you have to once you're a decade you can be considered a local yeah I'd give it to you now. Thank you. Not to go I appreciate it. Nine, nine years in Nashville. You're, it was you're, before the city's boom. Like yeah. it was like I you mean, could still get a house for $175,000 back then. Like it was like that to Well, you me. can still do that now. It's just not, not in Nashville. The, not the house you want to live in. Yeah, no. It's not even a <laughs> I don't think home. that there is a $175,000 There may not be. I don't think there is. Yeah. There certainly yeah. isn't one in Williamson County. No, Three, I live in Williamson 300, now. 300 square feet. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. I had a guest in from Ohio, like a table, and they were like, God, this place is so expensive. And I was like. I'm sorry, like our prices are online. I don't, and they were like, "What is it going house around here? Like three hundred thousand? And I did not want to come off rude, but like, no, Mm-mm. Williamson County, no, no, it's a lot <laughs> like more downtown than Franklin. Yeah. I was like, oh, don't, um, don't go to Rutherford. Yeah, like, yeah. So Rutherford's got to be next, right? I mean, that's oh, it's already there. there. It's is there. it really already there? Oh yeah, there was um. It, my my dad was thinking about buying a place, and he went and looked at a place last week sometime. Mm. Uh, thirteen hundred square feet, point two nine of an acre, or point three, you know, third of an acre yard, mm-hmm. very small yard. Um, vinyl siding, not a not a not a very old home, um, and they wanted two seventy nine for it. Mm. Is what they were asking. Um, I think the realtor told him that if he was going to make a uh, uh, an offer that it would have to be above that too. Wow. So, you know, and it, and it wasn't a, a spectacular neighborhood either. Yeah. So we're looking at houses yeah. and it's really discouraging. <laughs> did you see the, I just put up a video of the guy selling the apple. Did you watch that one? Yeah. That's about as spot on as you're going to get. So for background, it's this guy selling an apple, and it's he's in California, right? No, he's right, he's here. He's like he's pretending like he's in Williamson County. Oh, but he's got an apple. He's like, all right, this apple's he stitched it, so you can only see the half of the video. Oh yeah, yeah. So I don't know what wording he was. Anyway, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. He's holding an apple and he's like auctioning the apple as if it's a house, and everyone's and like there's a per a normal person like. Five dollars for an apple, like that's crazy, right? And then the next person's like twenty, forty, a hundred, and then they're like, "Is the apple even worth that?" Like, <laughs> a guy's like, no. "I have this apple." He's like, "Oh, great, you have an apple for sale. Great, will you tell me about it." He's like, Haha, "No, apple goes on sale. Here it is. Bidding starts at five. He's like five dollars. He's like ten. He's like, but he said five, fifteen, twenty. Yeah. He's like." Is an apple even worth that? I don't know. I've tried to buy eight apples. This is my first forty-five. You know, yeah. and then a dude walks in. He's like. Hundred dollars, hundred dollars. I'm from California. That's the cheapest apple I've ever seen. Yeah, and it's like, ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I feel it because when we bought our our house previous to this, mm-hmm. not the current house, but our previous house, the day it went on sale, and this is eight years ago, the day it went on sale, they got four offers, and we were one of those people that wrote the letter. We like wrote the letters like, 
we get to meet the owner. He randomly showed up while we were viewing the house, and we get to meet him. And oh, this is my child. This is my kid, and we want to raise him in this house. We wrote a letter that we're like, please sell us the house. We want. <laughs> we'll pay the full asking price. We didn't ask for anything. Just we just want to. And he and like chose us. He had higher offers, but the guy was like, I want them to live in our house. Mm-hmm. Like they they frown on that now. Like you're not allowed to write letters. Like they frown on that. that. That's competitive. That's not fair housing because people are choosing you based on this other information. It needs to be completely fair. And I'm like, God, it's it's yeah. it's crazy yeah. how houses go on the market. And like that day, there's five offers. Oh yeah, there's there's one going on the market in my neighborhood right now for ninety more than comps. Wow, <laughs> you gotta love that though. I mean, I mean, it's great for. I mean, I love it. Yeah, you know, I mean, it helps the value of my place, but. I mean, 90000 more than what the comps are in the neighborhood, and that's what he's listing it for. Oh, he'll get it. Yeah, <laughs> if he doesn't get more. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's it's nuts, you know, but that's the thing. You sell, what do you do? You know, you're going to, you, you take all the equity you got, and you go put it into something else, which is, you know, inflated way too high, too. Mm-hmm. So. You wait it out. Or you move to Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> or you, you move to Ohio. Oh, my God. <laughs> I like the southeast. I'll I'll stick around yeah. Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. Move to Jackson, Tennessee. Yeah, me and my my Asian husband. <laughs> Let's go somewhere else. <laughs> Sad that's a thing. All right. Well, Charlie, this was fun, man. I'm excited Enjoy. about your business. I can't wait to try. It was, did you you didn't bring any barbecue with you? No, I didn't. I didn't. I was uh <laughs> going to try to, but uh He's just hungry. I had yeah. some calls this morning. I, I didn't have a chance to get it put together. Well, I'm glad you made the drive out all the way out here to Hillsborough Village. I love it. Where we're hanging. Mm-hmm. And um, I've enjoyed getting to talk to you, man. I want to, I always say at the end of the episode, we got to do this again. I want to sure. progress as you go along. I want to learn more about you as your business continues to grow. We love to share your story right here. Go follow Charlie and Singletree Barbecue on his Facebook page. Go to singletreebbq.com, mm-hmm. and on Instagram, he's at singletreebbq. Uh, Facebook, he's going to be posting wherever he's at every single day, and I'm looking forward to seeing you next week in Phoenix. It's going to be fun. Let's hang out. It's Let's go, be, yeah. you know, yeah. do something. I'm thinking I'm going to bring some microphones. Or, yeah, and I'm playing in the uh, the golf tournament on Monday morning. Oh, nice. We're, I'm not. Yeah. I'm flying out Monday morning. You go, so you're going on Sunday. Yeah, I fly out Sunday night. Nice. Yeah. Are you yeah. staying at the uh, Marriott there? No, no. It was expensive, wasn't it? That was a that was that was a little bit outside of my budget. Yeah, we went with the Airbnb. Yeah. We're bringing our whole man, our whole leadership team. Yeah, I'm staying at a, I don't know, it's a hotel like three or four miles away. So nice. It's not not not. I can drive. It'll be all right. We have a pool, so you can come kick it with us. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's, it's going to be, be this random party at your Airbnb with all the past guests on. <laughs> yeah. The, awesome. Well, Christine, Christine is also going to be know, there with Corey. Yeah. We've yeah. got, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a big bunch of people from Nashville representing at the restaurant leadership conference in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. I love it. I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, cool, man. Uh, Jen, Jen, you want to tell them what we got going on here? The okay, last part so of this thing? You get to take us out. You get to say whatever you want. Every guest does this. They just take the total floor. We will be quiet. You can say whatever you want about anything you want, but the floor is yours. Oh, well, that's wonderful. Um, he know. probably knows Jerry's final thought. 
every time we think somebody knows that we're wrong. Are you familiar with that term, Jerry's final thought? I'm not. There you go. It's officially. Oh, oh, wait, no. Are you talking about Springer? Yeah. Oh, then yes. Okay. Yes, I am. Yeah. This is my guy got, right here. One. You're the you first one. one. I love Charlie. <laughs> You're the, I don't know how he's, many He's read my books. Yeah. He was a director of operations. Uh-huh. He loves live fire. He has the floor. My guy. Well, speaking of books, I'll go out with this then. Speaking of books, have you have you read Dale Carnegie's? Which one? How Those to, win, very how to win friends and influence people. How to win friends and influence people. Of course. People. Yeah. yeah. So that is, that, is, that is probably my favorite out of all. Um, and then, so since you've read it, you know what the four C's are. Yeah. If you put me on the spot. Okay. This well, I'm is, not gonna, this I'm is not your gonna time to go you, out. I'm not going to put oh, you on the spot. Oh, okay. Now it's yeah. his time. I'm okay. not going to put you on the spot, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's, um, you know, it kind of goes along with the four C's that don't criticize, complain and, and, you know, condemn anybody else for what they're doing. Cause they may not know or need help or whatever it may be. So it goes along with my methodology and theories and, and ideas of growing community. Right. So, you know, people may not know, and just because they don't know doesn't mean they're bad or they don't know what they're doing. They just need help, right? So, you know, we started this whole business to, one, cook barbecue, but two, to grow community. So find us, follow us, come check us out. I'd love to meet you, talk to you, and uh, grow our community. Thank you for joining us. Thank I have one, one final question before you leave. For sure. Did you have the beard? Was this, is this a, is this a, I got, I left my job and I'm going to do barbecue and I'm not, I'm not fucking shaving again. No. Or did uh, you have this at I've I've had, I've had my beard now for four or five years. Okay. Um, it didn't look new. It looks like it's, it's been it's, Yeah, but I'm like, I was kind of hoping that he yeah. was like, no, I lost, I was clean shaven, man. And now I'm doing the barbecue thing. I'm yeah. mountain man. Now I will tell you that while I was at Bar Louie, my boss told me that if I wanted to continue to grow my career, I didn't have to, but it would be better if I trimmed it up a little bit. So I trimmed it down to about a half an inch and, and had it clean for a while. But, uh, yeah, once the Bar Louie thing happened, it's never coming off now. There you go. Okay. That's, see, that's the story yeah. I was looking for. Okay. He's like, well, you know, sometimes you. people like to wear more pieces of flair. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Office space. I don't know. God. Wait, <laughs> you've seen Office Space. Yes. yes. She's wearing 17 yes. pieces of flair. Isn't like, Jennifer you know, Aniston in yeah. it? Yeah. That's all I care about. Like yeah. Sometimes people like to express themselves and wear more pieces of flair. Yeah. Like Brian over here. He's got 32 pieces of flair on. Okay. Charlie, it's great <laughs> having you here. I love it. I'll see you in Phoenix. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Big thanks to Charlie. For joining us, uh, Charlie Eblon, for joining us from Single Tree Barbecue. Oh, I hope that it's nice here in Nashville as Charlie and I are kicking it in Phoenix together, having fun. Um, and uh, hope you guys go support him. Find out where he is. Follow him on Facebook. Follow him on Instagram. And follow him. And follow him. Follow him. Follow him. Because he's a good dude. And um, we appreciate you guys listening. Stay tuned. Friday, Sherry Gennaro. And then Monday, Bob Bernstein. Hope you guys are being safe out there. Love you guys. Bye.